0: The following podcast is a serialization from a live presentation on the commentary of Imam Nawawi's 40 Hadith by Hafiz Shaaban for the weekly live learning show on Inspire FM. Alhamdulillah <laughs> Rabbil Alamin. As-salatu was-salamu ala Rasulillah. قيم السماوات والأرض مدبّر الخلائق أجمعين بائس الرسل صلواته وسلامه عليه أجمعين إلى المكلفين لهدايتهم وبيان شرائع الدين بدلاً بدلاً من القطعية البراهين أحمده على جميع جميع نعمه وأسأله المزيد من فضله وكرمه وأشهد لا إله إلا الله وهده لا شريك له الواهد القهار الكريم الغفار وأشهد أن محمد عبده ورسوله وحبيبه وخليله أفضل المخلوقين المكرم بالكرآن العزيز المعجزة المستمرة على تعاقب السنين وبالسنن المستنيرة للمسترشدين المخصوص بجوامع الكلام وسماحة الدين صلوات الله وسلامه عليه وعلى سائر النبيين وآل كل وسائر الصالحين أما بعد ربي شه صدري ويسر لي أمري وأهل وقت من لساني يفكهوا قولي ربي زدني علما اللهم انفعني بما علمتني وعلمني ما ينفعني وزدني علما الحمد لله على كلها وعوز بالله من حال أهل النار arba min dua yusma I start by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and using the words uh the words used by Imam Annawi in his muqaddimah of uh, Im to praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and, and these words are the words that Imam Annawi chooses and they are the glorification of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the creator of the heavens and the earth and then of course the salutation asking the sal- for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala salutations to be upon the messenger Muhammad alayhi wasalam, who was sent to the whole of mankind with the clear proofs uh, with the sharia of the deen with the definitive evidences and the and the and the clear and uh, manifest evidences and the proofs, and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to also send these salutations upon all of the Anbiya and upon their family and all those who follow them until Yom Al Deen. And then we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for sincerity, for ikhlas. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to increase, to benefit us with what He has taught us and to teach us what will benefit us. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from knowledge which which is of no benefit, which is of no use. From a heart that does not fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, from a soul that is never satisfied and from a and a supplication that is not responded to. And it's quite appropriate to also start today's show with Innamal Amalu Bin right? wa uh, because as we're gonna discuss later, this is a hadith that a lot of or most of the scholars they would start their, their works with or they would start their discussions with in the Mal to make sure that it is a, a point of reflection for the for the sheikh, for the scholar, for the Ustad, for the teacher, or for anyone who is about to lecture or to write or to compose. So it's a reminder for him to cleanse his intentions and to make it purely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right. With those opening words, I want to say assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi to all of my listeners. Uh, on the, and welcome to the weekly live learning show with me, Hafiz Shaban. Every Thursday from 7pm to 8pm on Inspire FM, 105.1 FM. Of course, broadcasting live from the studios here in uh, Luton. Uh, 01582481822 is the number here in the studio. 01582481822. Uh, 0779481822 is the number the social media message message number 0777941822 for your sms and your whatsapp messages and uh, and uh, the request is for our listeners to communicate with us the presenters and to provide feedback to provide questions to provide criticisms so that we can then improve our shows going forward Inshallah, ta'ala all right we are continuing with our conversation, with our discussion, with our reflection upon uh, the Arbaeen and Nawwi. Right, so we've been discussing this now. This is week three, and in week three, this week, Insha'Allah, I'm going to be continuing off from where I finished off last week. We was discussing about Imam and Nawwi's, you know, uh, social context. Uh, the 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 state at the time of Imam An Nawi. What was the atmosphere like? What was the what was the ruling class like? What were some of the challenges that were faced with this by the society of Imam An Nawi? We talked about how that society, Subhanallah, wasn't what you may you know think. You you may think that you know everything was calm, collective, and it was a great atmosphere to for 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 learning to excel and 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 really to put, for these master you know master pro- products master products to be produced, right? Uh, but we, we we talked about how the times at the Imam Anawi were a very turbulent time. We're talking about the seventh century Islam, which uh, the Mongols were in, had invaded Baghdad. Uh, and so there was a battle against the Mongols, there was a battle against the Crusades. So it wasn't the utopian society or, or utopian uh, political climate that you may expect for uh, to give rise to amazing works of art, amazing works of uh, literature, amazing works of Islamic sciences, uh, amazing work in all sorts of uh, you know areas of society. So just to bear that in mind, subhanAllah. And the comparison that I made was... You know to our times today where we have we live through very challenging times we live through very testing times we live through political turmoil we live through economic turmoil we live through social turmoil and let that not be an excuse for us to say all right we are unable to do x y and z because of the the atmosphere that we find ourselves in of course uh, the society at the time of manawi of course was a society governed by islam ruled by islam you know islamic environment atmosphere and of course that helps significantly right and there's no doubting that but the other point that i was also reflecting on last week was uh, the character and the qualities of the scholars of the past and indeed, these qualities and characteristics and and uh, features of the scholars in the past also exist with some of the scholars today. But Subhanallah, one of the aspects that I wanted to highlight, and I started to highlight that last week, was how Imam An uh, you know, relationship with the with the with the caliph at that time, with the ruler at that time, was quite a strong one. Right? It wasn't a one a passive relationship. It wasn't a, pa- a relationship of you know. Uh, uh, the the Khalif being the ruler and uh, even though I, I'm a scholar or I have the understanding of Islam, I will stay quiet Right, But it was one of constantly accounting, one of constantly evaluating, one of uh, uh, constantly feeding back to the ruler, feeding back to the emir to make sure that he's on the straight path. To make sure if he's making a judgement, if he's issuing a rule which is in contravention to Islam and the Sharia rules, then he needs to be accounted to make sure he's always you know, adopting the best policies at the time. And this was something that really strikes me. Because it is something that sets apart someone who has studied the Deen, right? Who understands the Deen, who applies the Deen upon himself, and then he calls others to the Deen. That 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 is so pivotal, right? And that is one of the sharp contrasts that we find with today's majority and the bulk of the scholars who have got a very cosy, a very healthy, a very warm, a non critique relationship with the rulers. And yet they carry a huge amount of understanding of Islam. They carry a huge burden in terms of the Qur'an, a huge burden in terms of the Hadith, a huge burden in terms of understanding the Sharia rules, and yet they are in bed with the rulers. It is impossible Impossible because the one who understands Islam correctly, it is impossible for him to have that to be in bed with the rulers when especially when at a time when the rulers are flagrantly, you know, openly violating clear, clear hukums and sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The characteristic of the scholar and, and uh, the responsibility of the scholar is to uphold what he has learned and to call out for what he has learned. And to call the Ma'roof, call to the ma'ruf, and to forbid the, the Munkar. And that was Imam An-Nawi. Right, so we mentioned last time how Imam An-Nawi, he wrote, he spoke out against the ruler and Allahu Akbar, you know that ruler at that time of Imam An-Nawi, he was a war hero, someone who fought against, we said, uh, the Mongols and defeated the Mongols. Imagine the status of such a ruler, but yet that did not stop Imam An-Nawi from accounting that ruler. What about today? What about today? Right, and we, we we mentioned how previously he counted the ruler with regards to the taxation, the heavy taxation upon the people of Sham, and there, of course it was a period of uh, famine, a period of you know harvest, low harvest, and 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 uh, and, and general uh, economic climate was very very tough upon the people of Sham, and yet there was very high heavy taxation upon the people. So Imam Anawi, uh, okay, and all the other scholars asked Imam Nawi to write to the Amir and to uh, account the Amir and to ask him to to reduce the taxation and Imam An-Nawi did that and we, we talked about how there was a long exchange of communication and Imam an was very firm but yet very respectful and reminding him of the Quran and the Sunnah and then there's other, another example when Imam, um, Imam An-Nawi again after the Mongols right after the the, the Muslims regained a lot of the territory, right, a lot, of, a lot of the land back from the Mongols, right? So the Mongols had taken this land of Iraq, Mongols had taken a lot of the land, even of, of Sham, right? Uh, and, and after they reclaimed this land, right, after they reclaimed this land, and after the Mongols were thrown out of Damascus, the Khalif he appointed a Hanafi jurist who stated that as long as the people... Right. do not bring proof that these lands or any particular land belongs to them in the prior years before the Mongols. Right, some sort of some sort of a document, for example. If they can't bring that to claim that piece of land, then it, then the land would go under the rule of the Khalif and the government, and then the the ruler and the government would take that land. So just to re, just to to summarize. After the Mongols had taken all of that land, people had lost their homes. People had long, 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 uh, you know, lost their land. People had lo- lost their agricultural land and so on and so forth. Then the Mongols were eventually defeated and they were pushed out of, uh, of Damascus. Now people want to go out and reclaim their land. But you know what? Hang on. I don't have evidence. You know, It wasn't the time when you had deeds, right? Land registry. And you could just go and produce a land registry and say, this this land belongs to me and I can take it. So people didn't have that. So people were under all sorts of hardship now because they couldn't prove their land land that this land belonged to them and according to the khalifa at that time and one of the the hanafi jurists if that land you couldn't you couldn't prove that it belonged to you then the khalif was taking that land from the people as was the the state and again imam people came to imam an-nawi and imam an-nawi again he wrote to the khalif and he accounted the ruler and he accounted the the other jurists who had given this fatwa uh, for them to retract that fatwa because that was injustice and finally the ruler uh, you know i mean there's a long conversation again that continues with regards to between uh, between the two and then subhanallah even there was another example where the the khalif he wanted to raise the taxation right raise the taxation so that he could uh, increase the taxation so that he could increase the, the provisions for the, for the state and for the army and for, the, uh, and for its apparatus so that they could fight in the battles against the Mongols. And even that was challenged by Imam and nawi for a particular reason. Now I don't want to take the whole of the you know, half an hour explaining and giving different scenarios. But you can see very clearly here and, and subhanAllah if only one looks Right, to some of the texts, and you will see that all of the classical scholars. I mean, it is incredible because when I when I thought, let me let me look into it a bit further. Imam Malik ibn Ma, uh, Imam Malik ibn uh, Anas right uh, the khalif Abu Ja'far uh, the khalif Abu Ja'far As Malik to write a book and again there was a disagreement between Imam Malik and the khalif at that time it is then mentioned he was physically beaten by the order of the governor of Medina Ja'far bin Sulaiman because one of his fatawahs' legal decision was regarded as a move against the authorities Do you know who this is this is Imam Malik Imam Malik Allahu Akbar then you got Ahmad bin Muhammad bin Hanbal, right? These are great, great, some of the greatest scholars, the early 2nd century, 3rd century after the Prophet wa sallam, we're talking about, right? The scholars of uh, the, uh, Muhaddiseen, the scholars of uh, Hadith, who collated the Hadith for us, who collated the, the Sahih Haynes, right? Imam Malik and his, and his Muwatta, Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal, right? Under he, he they say he patiently suffered corporal punishment imprisonment this is Imam Ahmad bin Humble right Imam Bukhari it is mentioned in his last days he faced hardship and was ordered by the governor to leave the country he was he was extradited from not extradited sorry he was um, he was a uh, He was told to leave the country, I forgot the word for for leaving the country, but subhanAllah, then you have An-Nisai, An-Nisai, and again a very brave Imam, a very brave uh, scholar who was again one of the greatest muhaddis who tried to guide the governor of his time and he did not attach himself to the company of the governor, rather remained firm, strong in guiding the Governor at the time, the Khalif at that time. So SubhanAllah Imam Malik, Imam Nisai, Imam Abu Hanifa, Imam Bukhari Im- and, and the list continues. That is a, sc- a true, you can, you know, almost I would say to you, a trademark. Trademark. Don't look at how many ayats of the Qur'an uh, one scholar has memorized, how many hadith he has memorized. Don't, let's look also look at the application. The application when it comes to Ma'aruf and Wanahi and Il munkar is the scholar Upholding the principles and the Sharia rules and, and and the principles that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has expounded in the Quran, right, which are the very very clear Qat'i you know, instructions, is the scholar right speaking out against the injustice, the zulm, or is he completely deciding to ignore certain areas of the Sharia rules, certain areas of the. Political realities yeah, that we see in front of us, and subhanallah, that is a very good way of you know using that trademark to actually, you know, what judge I would say some of the scholarship. I want to get your thoughts on that. But you look at the scholars of the past, all of the scholars of the past they were either in prison, they were tortured, they were, they were beaten, they something because of the fact that they would account the rulers, they would remind the rulers, they would you know, you know, remind the rulers of the hukm al and as a result of that, the scholars, the, 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 the rulers of that time wouldn't like that and therefore we see this constant struggle between the scholars and the rulers of the time SubhanAllah Right, so that, that's Imam Anawi's accounting of the rulers that I just wanted to wrap up with. Today, inshallah, we are going to continue, or we're going to start with the first hadith. So we've laid down the context. We've looked at Imam Anawi. We looked at Imam uh, Anawi's scholarship. We've looked at his uh, our, our output. We have looked at, you know, his uh, his life. We looked at the context of his time. We've looked at uh, some of the, his great works that we've uh, we we commented on last week or the week before, inshallah. Ta'ala. And uh, now we looked at the social political context at that time and now we're going to go into the book itself and we're going to start traversing through the different hadiths and the approach that I will take, inshallah, is we'll, we will read the hadith. Uh, we will then do a, a lexical, a semantic breakdown of the hadith. We will look at what the sharh tells us about the hadith, and then the most important thing that I want to take is what are the lessons from this hadith? What are the lessons that me and you are going to take from this hadith? Right. So today we're going to start off with the the first hadith in the collection of Imam An nawi which is the most famous, one of the most famous hadiths ever. Right it's probably not an understatement or an overstatement to say it is probably the most famous hadith right i think everyone probably knows this hadith right so that is the hadith that we're about to commence now when subhanallah even before i start discussing this hadith if you look at some of the scholarship if you look at some of the commentary some of the lectures that have gone that have been delivered and that have been produced the books that have been produced on this particular hadith they actually run into almost 100 pages plus, right? So SubhanAllah, scholars have gone into great amount of detail in terms of the Arabic, in terms of language, in terms of the words, in terms of the hadith itself, in terms of the authenticity of the hadith, and then in terms of the meaning of the hadith, and then in terms of the application of the hadith, and then in terms of the lessons from the hadith, etc, etc, etc. We don't have time to go through it. At that level of degree, and neither do we have the scholarship to, to you know, to do ju- that kind of justice to it. Our purpose of this of this series is is to reflect, is to reflect upon these hadiths, right? At the same time, I also want to encourage my listeners to understand the hadiths. I want to encourage my listeners to learn the hadiths and to go together with me in this journey that we learn the hadiths, we read the hadiths, we try to understand it, we uh, we we explore it, we see what the scholars have said. What are the lessons that I can take, and how do I apply the hadith? That is the kind of you know framework that I would outline in terms of my approach uh, in this in, in 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 going through these uh, these hadiths over the next few weeks, inshallah, Taala. 01582481822079481822 is the number. If you've got any comments or questions, inshallah, Taala. Otherwise, Bismillah, uh, Taala, we will start. Uh, with, well, like I said with the first hadith I have also seen a few uh, variations in terms of the Arabic on this hadith but the, the version that I've got in front of me we'll just read it الله يقول فمن كانت الله wa إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ وَمَنْ كَانَتْ حِجْرَتُهُ لِدُنْيَا يُصِيبُهَا يَنْكِهُهَا إِلَى مَا إِلَيْهِ So this is the first hadith that we're going to start with. We Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make this Easy upon us, inshallah ta'ala. And then inshallah ta'ala, we will then proceed with the hadith. Uh, some co- some initial commentary on this hadith. And again, the, the book that I'm referring to is Al-Imam Abi Al-Fadl ibn Hajr al-Asqalani al-Shafi'i. And of course, he provided the commentary on this hadith. And he says, هذا حديث صحيح متفق على صحته وعظه موضعه wa جلالته و كثرتي فوائده. Right so subhanallah we, we will we will read the arabic and then we'll do some of the the uh, the the commentary and the discussion on this wa huwa ahadul ahadith alati alayha madarul islam qala al imam ahmad wa al shafi'i rahimahumullah ta'ala yadkhulu fi hadith al a'malu bi al niyyati thuluth al ilm right and i want you to really focus on this al a'malu bi al niyyati thuluth قال البيحقي وغيره وسبب ذلك أن كسب العبد يكون بقلبه ولسانه وجوارحه فنية أحد أقسامه الثلاثة. ورؤيا عن الشافعي رحمه الله تعالى أنه قال يدخل هذا الحديث في سبعين بابا من الفقه وقال جماعة من العلماء هذا حديث سلسل الإسلام واستحب العلماء أن تستفتح المصنفات بهذا الحديث وممن ابتداء bihi fi awwal kitabi al-Imam Abu Abdullah al-Bukhari Wakala qala ibn Muhaddid yanbaghi li kulli man sannafa kitaban an yabda'a fihi bi hadha al-hadith tanbih tanbihan li al-talib ala tasahih al-niyya right umm oh ba'ad all right so we're going to start off with that initial commentary just to put a uh, bit of a Uh, context to it inshallah, ta'ala. Right, so the open is that this hadith in this sharh is categorized as a sahih hadith which is uh, agreed upon in terms of its category being sahih and uh, of course its importance and its great benefits, right, that that the scholars have discussed. In fact, some of the scholars, uh, okay, uh, many of them have said that this is one of the hadiths which uh, the foundation of Islam is, is built upon. And we said that Imam Ahmad and Shafi'i, they said that They said this 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 uh, this hadith that the actions are but by intentions is a third of a third of all knowledge. A third of all knowledge is Al And Beihaki he said that Was Sabah Budik and Nakasabulla Abd. In fact let me go to the other one and uh, a Jamaa a group of the ulama they said that this hadith is a third of Islam this hadith is a third of islam and others said that this hadith is a third of all knowledge subhanallah and as I, as i was saying earlier that the ulama the ulama okay they would open up right their writings and their compo- and, and their compositions and their books right by this hadith right and this was a way of ensuring that the one who is writing or the one who is uh, giving a lecture the one who is uh, composing he is able to use this point or this juncture to purify his intention, to purify his heart and to purify his intention before proceeding with it. And SubhanAllah that is why that is why this hadith is so significant, so important that it was being described as the third of knowledge. That the third of all knowledge and a third, a third of Islam. Has a hadith Sul-Sul-Islam SubhanAllah from that in itself you can understand the, the significance And uh, and the impact, and how profound this hadith is that it has been classified as a third of knowledge, all knowledge in Islam, and a third of Islam. Now, one of the reasons Al Bayhaqi he narrates is that was zalika anna kasbul abd. Right, that the, the the reason for that they said was that the 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 seven he gains yakunum uh, bical that he 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 performs any actions by bicalbihi by his heart walisanihi by his tongue wajawarihi and by his his action you know his uh, body compo- uh, you know parts ahadu uh and the the intention is one third of the components, it's one of the three components right i.e. that you will make the intention in your heart and then by your tongue and then by your body and hence they said that relates to or amounts to almost a third of all the knowledge and the third of the, the reward subhanallah. Uh, Insha'Allah we're going we're gonna to be going into a commercial break so I don't want to go into too much detail uh, from going forward but Inshallah, what we will do is in the next half an hour continue to go through the remainder of the hadith uh, what, what is the, the classification of this hadith uh, are there any circumstances behind the hadith and then we will start going into the, the hadith itself uh, look at the meanings and then uh, insha'Allah next week we start looking at the application of the hadith Inshallah. ta'ala. Okay, just a reminder, you, are with me, Hafi Shaban, on the weekly live learning show every Thursday from 7pm to 8pm, inshallah ta'ala, on the weekly live learning show on, on, on here on Inspire FM, 7pm uh, to 8pm, inshallah ta'ala. So do t- stay tuned in, inshallah, ta'ala. We're going to go into a commercial break. When we come back to the commercial break, we will then continue our conversation, inshallah, on the remainder on the remainder of the hadith. One inna al-amal wa is the number here in the studio. We'll be back in a, in a few minutes. Until then, asalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. You're listening to an Inspire FM podcast making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on Inspire FM Alhamdulillah <laughs> salatu wassalamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbiya assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome back to uh, weekly live learning uh, uh, weekly live learning show with me Hafish Aban every Thursday from 7pm to 8pm on inspire fm 105.1 fm 01582481822 Oh, 01582481822 is the number here in the studio Zero triple seven nine zero triple seven nine four eight one eight double two is the number for your social media messages insha'Allah ta'ala right so we have started our journey on uh, and we have started to discuss the first hadith the first hadith of the Arba'in al-Nawi which is of course uh, we can summarize as and this is a very famous hadith or with regards to that uh, verily Actions are but by intentions, uh, and we started by saying that this was uh, classified and categorized as a hadith sahih muttafikun uh, uh, ala and then we also discuss what some of the scholars, how some of the scholars. In uh, origin, uh, some of the classical scholars describe this hadith, and I don't think it's going to be a surprise to to anyone to when, when when we hear that it was described as the Sulusul Iman, or it was described as Sulusul. Uh, sorry, not Sulusul Iman, Sulusul Al Al and and al-Islam Islam. That is the third of all knowledge and a third of 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 Islam. Subhanallah, and and uh, how uh, uh, and that in itself speaks volumes. Because everything is about your niyyah. Everything, yes. Of course, we're we're going to discuss this later, and and some of the lessons we're going to take away from it is not to say, yeah, my intention is pure, but my action is completely, you know, not not according to the 'ah. Sharia. That's not something that we can do. And then on the other hand, you can't say. You know, my, int- uh, you know, my, uh, I've done the action, but I've not made the intention, right? So, and you can't have an intention which is also impure and corrupted, right? So, we're going to look at all of those variations uh, later. But uh, again, the niya accompanies the action, it has to accompany the action, and the niya has to be correct when it's accompanying the action. And that's the point here that is the third of knowledge and is the third of Islam. And the scholars emphasis was that they would always start with this hadith to purify one's intention to purify one's heart right and this is uh, uh, this is paramount now, in terms of uh, the generally, some, some uh, context has a hadith and then he, he continues that this hadith in itself, just, a, just some introductions in terms of his تخرج and, and its uh, classification, it's a غريب it's hadith, right? Even though we said it is sahih, and the غريب is the fact that in its origin chain of narration from the Messenger of Allah وسلم, then on to Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anh, and then on to the next levels of, of, of uh, narration it has a single level or as a single you know, uh, individual narrating that hadith until it gets to almost the fourth level uh, where then the uh, hadith becomes mashur and then he says summas ta, summas ثُمَّ اشْتُهِرَ بَعْدَ ذَلِكَ فَرَوَاهُ عَنْهُ أَكْثَر مِن مِئَةَ إِنسَانَ أَكْثَرُهُمْ أَئِمَّ Then later it becomes very popular and the hadith starts to be, you know, uh, conveyed in hundreds, right? But in the origin, right, from um, uh, from Rasulullah ﷺ onto Umar ibn al-Khattab, onto Alqa ibn Waqas, onto Alqa ma'ila Muhammad ibn Ibrahim al-Taymiyy and so forth. And Sorry about that. I I, I don't I, I don't know what happened there. But anyway, just just to continue. So, I mean at that at that particular time. Uh, in in at those levels of narration, it is a single chain of narration, and hence the hadith was categorized as gharib. But nevertheless, it was it's, it's a sahih hadith, right? Uh, some uh, some of the scholars they also discuss the circumstances behind the hadith. Hence, the fact uh, that the conversation about uh, Hijrah uh, and to marry uh, a woman in the same way that there is a science of asbab al-nuzul. When we talk about the Quran, we talk about asbab al-nuzul, what are the circumstances surrounding the revelation of particular verses of the Quran to Allah allow us to understand the verses of the Quran themselves. Uh, and to appreciate those circumstances, we need to understand the Asbab al Nuzul. Uh, there's a, a similar science, Asbab Wurud al-Hadith, right? Circumstances surrounding a particular speech or the saying of the Prophet. وسلم, right. And then it's again, this is very important here. Sometimes the scholars have taken that into context to understand what were the circumstances surrounding a particular revelation or a hadith, and they try to understand it in its context. Context to understand the meaning of course at the similar time. Sa'id ibn Mansur al Tabarani recorded on the authority of of Ibn Masood that this hadith was stated concerning a man who wanted to marry a woman named Um Qais, but she refused to marry him unless he would migrate from Makkah to Medina. Right, therefore, he migrated in order to marry her. Ibn Masud said that afterwards he was called the migrant of Umm Qais. According to Ibn Hajar, the chains of this narration are authentic. However, he points out that there is nothing in the narration that explicitly states that this was the cause of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam saying this particular hadith right so there you go uh, some some of the people who try to study the science of asbab al wurud al hadith in terms of what are the circumstances surrounding the particular speech of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam some of them narrated this incident of a man who migrated from Mecca to Medina not for the, the sake of the deen necessarily not for the sake of Islam because the people who migrate from Mecca to Medina they migrate because of Islam for the sake of Islam but here there was an individual who is said to have migrated for the sake of marrying a woman and hence the hadith continues and references the fact that whatever you migrate for and whatever your migration was for you will uh, you will attain that from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and that is the reward that you will gain you will either Gain it for the worldly matter, or you will gain the reward that you are seeking out in terms of the hijra itself. Right. SubhanAllah. Let, let us continue so uh, let's 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 start with the with the hadith itself then. now uh, openly here uh, the uh, in, in initially when the scholars did discuss intention and it's an in a very interesting conversation a couple of points that we will be touching upon here is the place of intention when, when we make an intention how do we make intention what is the the place of intention etc and, and this is an interesting conversation because I know some of within our Within, within our culture, Asian culture and especially when we're praying and we're about to pray there is a, you know, some time is taken out to make an intention and sometimes we even are here the elders making out the intention out loud. According to uh, Ibn Taymiyyah, the place of intention, the place where do we make intention, how do we make intention? According to Ibn Taymiyyah, the scholars agree that the place of the Niyah, the intention is the heart or the conscience and it is not the tongue. What this means is that making a statement is not the same thing as having an intention to do something. And this is very, very important. I think some some points we're going to make are perhaps subtle, right? But they are very, very distinct and very, very important, right? According to Ibn Taymiyyah, the place of the niyyah is in the heart, is the conscious, is the uh, okay, and not necessarily the, the tongue, right? Okay, it's not making the sta- its not making the statement that is the same thing as having an intention to do something. Therefore, the inov- innovation of saying something, for example, I have the intention to pray türkaz, to is something that Ibn Taymiyyah he of course rejects that. Right. Uh, Another example is the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, where the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, with regards to whoever does not make the intention to fast during the night of Ramadan for the next day, he will not be rewarded for the fast. Right, and hence the intention becomes the means by by which he achieves it. Ibn al qayyim al-Jawziyya defined intention as the knowledge. Okay, and this goes into this area of uh, definition of intention and uh, you know ibn Qaymiyyah uh, uh, ibn al Qayyim al-Jawzi he gives his uh, 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 Jalaluddin Suyuti gives his and some of the other scholars gave their own uh, discussion with regards to what is the niyyah what is the difference between the niyyah etc i think we'll go on to that uh, uh, we can we can go into that but it's a very uh, detailed discussion and i don't think it will necessarily uh, give uh, some of our listeners the the detailed uh, or, the, or the benefit that we're looking for at this stage Let's look at this uh, opening uh, sentence in 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 uh, holistically. In nama likulim rimanawa, in nama al-amal bin niyat wa in nama likulim li imramanawa. So here, Subhanallah, a couple of things that we can say is that here, uh, at least, uh, Ibn Hajr al-Asqalani al-Shafi'i he mentions wal maradu bil-amal al-amal al-shar'iyah wa ma'naahu la yataddu. بالأعمال بدون النية Right, uh, This is very, very important. right? That when it comes to the matters of the Deen, when it comes to the matters of ibadat, when it comes to the matters of the Sharia, right? What is mentioned here when we say verily actions, right? Actions here, uh, even though it's it's general, right? is all actions, but here then the scholars will go and start looking into the details and they say. When it comes to the the matters related to the Sharia, okay, it, 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 right, then the the actions must be with 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 niya. I, we must make the intention before we do the before we do the action. And they give the example of wudu, uh, wal wa tayammum, wakazalik وَالْحَجْ Hajj, وَسَائِرُ all of them, they must be must make intention. So if you're gonna pray four records, what are you praying the four records for? What are those four records for? asr, you salah yesterday, the day before. You got to make that intention so that that is very clear. You make praying two records, What are those two records for? You got to make the intention. Is the two records fajr? Is it two etc, right? When you're making when you're making a when you're making wudu, etc., etc., the intention must exist. And as we said, the intention is not something that you necessarily call out by your lips, by your, by your mouth. It is something that must exist in the heart. You walk towards the, the washroom, and your intention is to make wudu, so you can pray salah al-zohor. is the, the the intention being made already. That is very important. When it comes to Ibadat, as they say, لَأَعْمَالُ الشَّرْعِيَةَ لَا بُدَّ مِنْ نِيَةٍ Okay, الشرعية, the, the, the actions uh, pertaining to Ibadat, pertaining to the Sharia, they require the intention. وَأَمَّا الْأَعْمَالُ غَيْرَ الشَّرْعِيَةَ لَا يَشْتَرِطُ النِّيَةٍ لا ان لا يشترط تداخل النيات في والنوافل ليس so what the the principle here is that the Actions to do with Ibadat the actions to do with the Sharia They are dependent and they need an intention. They need intention as for those actions which are uh, Sunnahs as for those actions which are supererogatory actions uh, and are not obligatory actions Then they do not require an intention and we're gonna be discussing that later inshallah So let's let's make sure that that is very clear in our minds al amal al-Sharia require a intention inshallah uh, ta'ala and then he continues to say wa fi qawlihi inma man amal binniyat mahzuf wa ikhtalafa alfuka fi taqdirih fal-ladhina ishtaratu al-niyya qaddaru sihha al-a'mal binniyat wal-ladhina lam yashtaratuha qaddaru kamal so then there was a discussion with regards to amal that is there a word missing here verily the actions are but by intentions actions are but by intentions from that we understand it's, it's a figure of a speech we understand from that that the actions your actions and the reward for your actions is Dependent upon your intention, right? That's the understanding when we say actions are uh, by intention It doesn't mean that the intention plays a physically in a, in, in a integral part of the action It means that the reward of the action is subject to Intention the reward of the action is subject to intention. That is the key thing here and that is the point that is made in this uh, paragraph that the scholars they said that what is del- what, what is missing from this figure of speech is others said which means that the that the reward the 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 strength of the action the the classification of the action the reward of the action is all depends upon the niya the purity the purity of the niya whereas others said in fact it is the intention which purifies, which completes the action. So you make an action, you do something, you pray, you pray to Rukhsas, you go to make wudu. It is the intention which completes that action. Uh, so Subhanallah, and and also wa immanawa, and then the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and then he continues to actually, you know, add further commentary on that, also to uh, uh, to in fact offer ta'een al-amr, ta'een al-amr, in in terms. عَلَى نِيَتِكَ Meaning, that, uh, they said يُفيدُ مَعْنًا خَاسًا غَيْرَ الْأَوَلَ وَهُوَ الْعَمَلِ بِالنِّيَةِ Right? Subhanallah. So they said here in the second part of the, uh, the hadith لِكُلِّ the Prophet Sallallahu is then emphasizing, then he's being very spe- specific. And and that is a reason either the Prophet Sallallahu would repeat it for the sake of emphasis all the Prophet would repeat it. Uh, and and then the Fuqaha they also derive a principle that if you can give a uh, an additional meaning to the second part, then that is normally prioritized here in the Malikulimra Immanuel is that then the, the, the Prophet sallam, and the Muhadiceen they, they stated that here is what we what we classify as Ta'in al Amr, where the Prophet sallam, is now giving a further specific example, and that is, and for every intention, the reward is okay based upon whatever one is intending to achieve from it right and this is the al-Amr it is you're determining very spe- specifically what is it that one is intending to achieve from that particular action insha'Allah and this opening verse you know like I said scholars have discussed it to a great length and a great degree with regards to okay the, the intention with regards to being very sp- specific and making that intention when it comes to the Sharia uh, or when it comes to the, act- the ibadat actions then making a, a very clear categorical intention as to about to, I'm about to perform this ibadah and I'm about to perform it for a particular reason having that intention in the heart having that intention in one's conscious as one approaches that and of course Later on, uh, the scholars they discussed that with regards to the, uh, in, in fact, here in, in the same paragraph, فَأَمَّا فَلَا تَحْتَاجُ إِلَى مِنْ بَابِ لَا تَحْتَاجُ إِلَى And this is the point that I mentioned, وَأَمَّا غَيْرِ that does not require an intention, uh, uh, which which is actually not to do with ibadat, and that's for example today. I'm gonna what 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 should I wear today as an individual? Should I wear a top? Should I wear a t-shirt? Should I wear you know a particular type of clothes? You know, should I eat a particular type of dish today? Should I cook a particular type of dish? That does not necessitate a particular intention, right? You are allowed to eat one or the other as long as it is from the halal. But when it comes to uh, the ibadat, the intention is very clear because when you're praying two records, what are you praying those two records for? When you're praying four rakats, what are you praying those four records for? That has to be very clear. فَمَنْ أو المبتدا أو الخبر لا بد أن يتغايرا وها هنا وقع الاتحاد and this is the, the point here that they make is that of course uh, they almost uh, they discuss this hadith in the context of uh, a shart and, and, and a, jaza, a mubtada and a khabar that of course the the, the first action, is the first part of the hadith is the niyyah uh, and then it's the action and the reward is delineated is linked directly to the to the intention here and, and of course subhanallah some of the other elements that we're going to be discussing is what the scholars said with regards to not only the place of intention but the niyyah itself a niyyah and ikhlas a person's intention may be very noble right or a person's intention may be evil Right uh, and subhanAllah, This is the, the, the point that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala even mentions in the Quran. Wa 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 The Quranic principle here of ikhlas, uh, al ikhlas. Uh, umiru and we have uh, and uh, and they the previous people were commanded not but that they should worship Allah Subhanahu wa Taala and worship none but Him alone. Sincerely for the sake of Allah. And that is the point that is making here is that the intention should be purely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and نخلاص, That niyyah we need to purify our intention that is purely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and do not allow other elements to come into that intention. What we're gonna be discussing next week is some of the other elements that the scholars discussed, right? That can some, sometimes corrupt our intention. And then also in terms of purifying intention, how do we purify our intention? Then the other uh, discussions that the scholars have discussed, right? With in terms of what happens to an action that is done for other than the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Is that accepted? Is that rejected? Uh, and we will then continue that. And then we will also continue with the discussion and the conversation on uh, the remaining commentary. In fact, we could probably go through that now because we've got a, a couple of minutes left before the end of the show. al hadisu. ورد على السبب وذلك أن رجل هاجر من مكة إلى المدينة ليتزوج إمرأة يقال لها أم قيس لا يريد بذلك فضيله الحجرة فكان يقال له مهاجر um qais and in fact this this is something that we discussed earlier and that is the point that i was making earlier with with regards to uh, the, uh some of the scholars they discussed what was the reason for this hadith and some of the scholars said that the reason for this hadith was that uh, one of the uh, sahabi, he was migrating and he migrated from Mecca to Medina. And he became known as Umm Qais because he was migrating for the sake of marrying this woman, or at least that's what uh, was uh, was mentioned. So, key points here is A'mal, uh, bin, uh, sorry, and uh, Niyat uh, and A'mal. Uh, firstly, the significance of the hadith, right? So, we've, we've looked at that, the paramount of the hadith. That the scholars classified it as the third of ilm and the third of Islam. Secondly, with regards to the, the a'mal, a'mal, we talked about all actions, right? All actions, but specifically, one of those actions that necessitate uh, uh, in intention uh, within the heart, uh, okay, is the a'mal of ibadat al umur Right, uh, and they not umura ghayr ta'budiyya they all require an intention all the umur ta'budiyya require intention and the the scholar said la bil without intention there is no, uh, the, the actions do not count and we said all of those actions to do with the sharia one has to have the intention and one doesn't have to make the intention out loud in fact there is no intention you make out loud I've, uh, you, you have seen the yeah, and some of the scholars, of course, they, they they differed on this particular point but we talked about Ibn Taymiyyah and a lot of the other scholars who said that the intention is in the heart. The, if, if it's Ramadan, of course, it's obvious uh, and, and I know that it's, uh, Ramadan is further upon me. I know tomorrow is Ramadan, then I, I know that I have to fast tomorrow and I, of, of course, have that intention in my heart to fast. That is sufficient to fast. The fact that I'm proceeding towards the, the bathroom because the azan for Zuhr has gone with the intention that I need to pray, the intention is there to make wudu so that I'm able to go and perform uh, for the fact that I'm walking towards the Masjid at the time of Zohar. The intention is already in my heart and that's why I'm going to the Masjid. I'm, I'm driving to the Masjid for Aisha. The intention is in that I'm going to pray Aisha. And that is why I'm walking towards the Masjid and so on and so forth. That is the intention. Having that intention and making it very clear that we are going for that particular function. The other I, I actions we discussed was as for the the actions which are not related to the Sharia, right? Uh, in terms of the the Sunnas and the Nawafils and that is where you know one can uh, make the the intention. Uh, okay, you, you can actually utter uh, you, you know uh, any particular one. But again, we, we also said that the fact is that uh, the the intention is for the faraid and not for the tadakhul uh, daql al niyat fi Right. Uh, we also talked about how the the scholar said that the health and the reward of the particular action is based upon the perfection of the sincerity, the niyyah, and also the completion of the action is based upon the intention. Uh, and then again, the, the, the hadith com- supplements and complements are with the the later uh, description. Inshallah. Ta'ala, next week we're running out of time. Next week when we come back, we will be discussing what are the lessons that we take from this right what is the application of this hadith uh, what are the ramifications of this hadith what do we understand from that what happens when people say the intentions in my heart but yet we're performing an action which goes against Islam what happens uh, happens to uh, other scenarios where we actually is it is the opposite uh, do the two both things have to be in synergy be in sync right uh, we're gonna discuss a lot of those scenarios because it's a lot it becomes a bit more uh, cloudy it becomes a bit more gray and we will add that Clarity, inshallah, Taala. Next week, when we come back, inshallah. Ta'ala. Just a reminder that you are with me, Hafi Shaban, on the weekly live learning show, on the weekly live learning show, uh, on, on uh, every Thursday from 7 p.m. To 8 p.m. from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. on Inspire FM 105.1 FM 015824818 double two is the number here in the studio. Zero triple seven nine zero triple seven nine four eight one eight double two zero triple seven nine four eight one eight double two is the number for your social media messages, uh, for any of your WhatsApp or your SMS messages. Inshallah, Taala. Baisnillah Taala will be next. We will be here next week. Inshallah, when we will continue the conversation on. uh, on this first hadith but we will looking at we will be looking at the first hadith from a perspective of what is the application of this hadith what are the Uh, What are the lessons that we're going to be taking away from this hadith, how do we apply this as an individual? Where do we apply this in the the context of society, Uh, the scholars? uh, What is the the correct way of looking at this hadith and what is the incorrect way, right? Uh, We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept this from us. Anything good is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Any weaknesses, any mistakes are from shaitan and from myself. Uh, with those words uh, Remember me in your du'as insha'Allah ta'ala And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala To accept anything good Which has uh, been said uh, As a good from him Until next week Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa Thank you for listening to our podcast Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at Inspirefm Luton.